0: There's
1: screams from everywhere yeah. I'm addicted to
2: the truth It's a dangerous Stop. love affair Can't be scared when it down Got a problem, tell me Stop. now Only thing that's on my mind Is who's on this town yeah. tonight
1: Welcome to the Kwame Lads Sports Talk Radio Show Alex Clancy, Debra in studio Cindy will not be joining us today I don't believe And I think Kwame may call in But uh We'll be waiting on beta for that, uh, Deborah. Quick, how was your weekend? How was everything?
0: Uh, weekend was good. Just uh, sitting around building products and uh, watching a little football. So exciting yeah. weekend. Yeah, a lot of football. A lot, a lot of, football. of football. A lot I, of I, strange football.
1: I, I, I took a step back <coughs> after last night's game that we'll definitely get into and just thought, what the hell is going on? Like things, things are not. Something is wrong with the force. I, I never really watched Star Wars, but I kind I try to use the example. Uh, Stars
0: are not lining up right now. Yeah,
1: there's three undefeated teams: uh, Cardinals, Falcons, Texans. Uh, the Cardinals. We'll, we'll talk about second. We're gonna start with Green Bay. Talk about the uh, Cardinals, and then go go over the the myriad of over, overtime games this week that uh, that kind of have people still baffled about what happened. But we got to start with last night. Seattle well, beats Green Bay, fourteen twelve, in Seattle referees it were you know at the crux of of the uh of the conversation again even though that it's kind of unfortunate that that's still happening uh Russell Wilson throws a Hail Mary pass caught well allegedly caught uh by Golden Tate uh, at the buzzer to win uh, the refs reviewed it it really looked like Jennings from Green Bay came down with it and Russell Golden Tate pulling on his arm on his way on the way down and wrestled the ball away from on the ground one ref called it a touchdown one, one ref made the uh made the motion of, you know, timeout, which means touchback, which means game over Green Bay win. So I and they went and reviewed it and I don't understand what they were looking at. They probably have every every uh every angle, of the angle book.
0: that you can get. Yeah. And plus they're talking about that the you know, there's guys in the booth that are, you know, with the league and they reviewed it and still didn't overturn it.
1: So yeah. is it is it the refs would the regular refs have called it differently?
0: You'd only hope so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I
1: I do believe that a lot of this has to do with it being in Seattle. If it was in Green Bay, it would have been an interception. Seattle is known for having the loudest stadium in in the NFL. Marshawn Lynch's huge rumble and stumble uh, run from last year registered on the seismograph. I couldn't imagine that this would have been smaller than that. Yeah,
0: you got 70,000 people screaming at you. Um, and it's a big game. Obviously, you know it's an important game. Even though it's the beginning of the season, I mean it can have a huge effect at the end of the season as to who's got home field advantage. And these guys, they, the refs are running scared right now.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, I, on the last drive, there was a suspect roughing the passer call that that bailed Seattle out. Then there was a very, very suspect uh, pass interference call for 32 yards that that you know set Seattle up to uh, to have the chance for the hail mary mm-hmm. pass. I mean what's overshadowed in this is that Seattle's defense was Oh, they were s- amazing. Scary good. They were amazing. 8 yeah. sacks. You know, uh, Aaron Rodgers couldn't do anything in the first half. And Green Bay's defense in their own right was great as well. You know, Russell Wilson only had 10 completions the whole game, two of which to Golden Tate for touchdown ones was, mm-hmm. was a 41-yarder and then and then the Hill Mary at the end. These defenses it, is is what's being overshadowed here. And I don't know. What's going to happen with these refs? You know, Roger Goodell must have watched that game and went, crap.
0: Yeah, you like know holy, 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 all sorts of orifices and things <laughs> like that because there, yeah, this has got to be just massively weighing on his shoulders and his ego has got to get out of the way and he's got to start doing what's right. He's got to start doing something. Yeah, anything, anything to get, because uh, you've got players that are blowing up right now. You know, the, the. The fans are blowing up right now. Vegas, you know, fantasy football. You look at, you know, again, we talked in the past about follow the money. I mean, the money is widespread on this thing as to what's happening. And when you have a play like that, a um, lot of energy moving. Absolutely.
1: There was none of it's good. $150 million more bet on, bet more on Green Bay than on Seattle oh, yeah. yesterday. So a lot of people are unhappy. A lot of wallets are lighter. Uh, and, you know, it it is the refs, but it's also, there were, there were combined 24 penalties for like 150 to 250 yards it's uh other things added to this game being a 14-12 game besides just the refs
0: well but you have a lopsided game in the beginning half and then they come you know green bay turns around and you know brings it back in the second half i mean it makes for a really interesting game and that's what people like to show up and watch but when it comes down to a final play like that and after that much energy expended um, on the field and, and on the sidelines and up in the bleachers, you'd like to see it be a fair ending,
1: Absolutely. and it wasn't. Absolutely, and the and the NFL the regular, the regular referees look like you need us, pay us, give us our pension, even though it, even though they're only part time employees. Do you give them the pension or not? That's the whole thing. That's the whole what the whole lockout is about. Now, is this going to force Roger Goodell's hand to do something that's unprecedented, giving a pension to a part time employee? Is I mean, is it is that what it's come to with all these horrible things that have happened uh, since since the first week with, with these referees? Eighteen of twenty, or I think seventeen of twenty two challenges were overturned yesterday.
0: The, besides, well, you know, that's the thing. To be sitting in his seat right now is not a pretty place. I mean, he's got to have everybody and their brother coming down on his shoulders right now and. He's, you know, it's a human nature. Is you know, do you save face, and if so, which face are you going to choose? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> are you going to choose because he's got a, he's got more than one.
1: Yeah, so I mean, he's already the most hated commissioner in the NFL, in the NFL, in all professional sports. Because uh, the NFL, everything's looked at through a magnifying glass when it comes to the NFL. Because Monday Night Football is still the number one most watched show over all uh, over all types of shows. It's the number one most watched show in America. So and people
0: people love to watch football because of, you know, the quality of the players, because of the brutality of the sport. You know, there's so many reasons that people love to watch it. It gets their own as as a fan. It helps your own aggression, you know, on one day a week, you know, a Sunday, a Monday night or a Thursday night or whatever. Whenever your team is playing, you can get some of your own aggression out and, and just kick butt and have some fun and now as a fan you can't even do that you know because you walk away from a game going are you freaking kidding me yeah
1: yeah the refs are the the refs are the number one story on sports center every sunday mm-hmm. which is
0: and <laughs> not <laughs> fair to the players yeah right the
1: re- the refereeing should be in in the background It should be the spectacle is the players and the freakish talents that all these guys are the, you know, the speed, the defense, the long passes, the long runs. But now it's what did the refs do wrong this week? What did the refs do wrong this game?
0: Well, and then you've got Mr. Rogers coming down with his... It's not a good neighborhood to play in, and he's coming down, you know, and, and writing these letters saying, you know, don't talk mean about the refs. You know, you shouldn't be doing those type of things. And it's like, dude, you know, get your act together, and we won't have to.
1: Yeah. No, absolutely. I, and it's this is talked about in nauseam over all airways, over all television shows having to do with with, uh, with sports. And,
0: well, and one of the things I think people may or may not realize that... Um, you know, we watch a football game. You know, we watch it for, you know, the four quarters type of thing. But the players, it's an all-week experience. You know, the guys that I work with, I mean, it's a job. And day in and day out, they are putting their body and their minds through a grinding mill, getting ready to play for that, you know, period of time that we watch them. Um, so the energy and the the wear and tear on their body and their mental and emotional side is massive, to go out there and perform at the highest level, which is what they're, you know, working and playing so hard to do throughout the week, is to go out there and be at their absolute best. And then they go out there and they can't even be at their best because they don't, they don't know what the rules are anymore because the rules seem to be changing, you yeah. know,
1: every game. I mean, I understand. It's just. The winning teams don't, it doesn't really bother them. You know, like look at what Seattle, Seattle's gonna have no complaints about the refereeing last night because they were given the field position and they were given the touchdown at the end of the game.
0: Well, I, I would disagree with that. I would say that, yeah, they're happy with the ending, but at the same token, that could be them next week. So they're still not going to be happy with the refereeing. They're just going to be happy with the results of last night's game.
1: Do you think that the referees, like let's say take last night for example, do you think that they they want acceptance so much that having 70,000 fans screaming at one of their calls is a way for them to gain acceptance into the NFL? Because, again, as we stated, that it could be, if if it was in Green Bay, it probably would have been an interception. So the home field advantage is also working with regards to the referees now. In, I mean, because last night that was a blatant interception. It was. People talk mm-hmm. about this. They've been talking about it since ten o'clock last night Pacific Standard Time. Interception, interception, interception. You catch the ball at a highest point. The defensive back for Green Bay did that, and it still well. And he wasn't controlled
0: enough. the ball. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He. I mean, he had his hands on the ball and he controlled it. You know, all the way down. Um, so your question is.
1: My question is, do you think that truly because it was in Seattle that that's why the call was made that way?
0: To I don't know that it was because it was in Seattle. I think it was because of the – that one of the things that played into it was the energy in the arena, which is the loudness of the fans, which happened to be in Seattle. I don't know that it was Seattle, but it could very well have been the energy in the stands, and they happened to be in Seattle.
1: That's fair. All right, well, let's talk about let's, some of the positives. Russell Wilson, leads, regardless of how it happened, leads his team down – Scores a touchdown to beat still one of the best teams in the NFL. Rookie, uh, he's surprising everybody. He's 5'11". He's listed at 5'11", which probably means he's about 5'9". Very elusive in the pocket. Uh, made Definitely made some mistakes last night, but with a running back like Marshawn Lynch and veteran receivers, an incredible defense. They have the tallest secondary in NFL history behind them. These guys are linebackers playing DB, playing defensive back. So uh, he has the things going for him. He has the recipe that the Ravens had in 2000 when they won the Super Bowl with Trent Dilfer. You have a running back, you have a strong defense, and maybe that's the recipe for success. No, San Francisco, it almost worked for San Francisco last year. Running back, defense. Uh, able-bodied quarterback uh, that didn't get hit much, that didn't make that many mistakes. Russell Wilson's only thrown one interception uh, through through three weeks, which is great for, for a rookie quarterback. That's a positive. Now let's look at Green Bay. What do they have to do to right the ship here? I mean, they have all of their guys healthy now. So what's the problem? Greg Jennings is a little hobbled, uh, I believe with a hamstring, but... When they won the Super Bowl, everybody was hurt. Their whole offensive line was depleted. They didn't have Jermichael Finley. They didn't have a running back. What What does Green Bay need to do to right the ship here and move forward and get, get
0: some wins? Well, and part of what's going to be tough now, too, is when you've got a game like last night that not only is your quarterback getting the crap beat out of them, um, he's got to be wondering about his front line. Luckily, they came back the second half, and, you know, he had some guys protecting him. Um, but at the same time, then you turn around and have the, you know, the atrocity of the call at the end of the game. I'm curious about what it's going to be like going into practice, you know. I mean, that's a, that's a weird en- energy that's going to be going on, and it's going to be interesting to see how the coaches, because the coaches are the ones that are gonna, now going to have to pull it around and the leaders on the team to pull it around and say, dude, you know it sucks and it you know, shouldn't happen and whatever, but what are we going to do? Because we got to focus on next week's game. Yeah, sure. I,
1: and, and that's granted, that's understood. I, I just don't. I don't see Aaron Rodgers folding. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's people say he's a great leader, uh, except for uh, the agent of one of the players on the Green Bay Packers that will remain that la- that's remained nameless. I can't fathom him not coming back. No, he's can't. not a give up type. Of, this yeah. is this might be the spark that they need to wake up. Hey, we're not the Super Bowl champions anymore. We right. need to reprove ourselves to the NFL. Be feared again. And, and their defense is doing all they can. You know, Clay Matthews is a, is a is a beast. AJ Hawk still there. Charles Woodson, one of the best DBs of all time, who's moved to safety. It's going to be really interesting to see how they respond. They have New Orleans in New Orleans on Sunday. They can't go one and three. They, there's no way New Orleans, this might be a throwaway season for them. They have a scapegoat for why they're 0-3. Mm. Oh, the coaches, oh, our, our, our players are are suspended. They. That's a whole other story that we'll get into later, the, them losing to Kansas City. This catch, this catch, quote-unquote catch, may change everything for Green Bay in a good way. This might be a blessing in disguise for them, and only time will tell, I guess. I, I'm, I'm getting texts from people that, that are listening saying that it's that it was a simultaneous catch, I, I, I don't believe that. I, I don't think that if the defensive back goes up at its highest point, catches the ball with the receiver draped around him, that's not a simultaneous catch. When the ball goes to the ground and if they're both touching it, that doesn't mean that they both caught the ball at the same time. There's no way two people can catch the ball at the same time. Yeah, One that person at the get- same
0: time is, is difficult to get a simultaneous catch. And the, and the receiver, I mean, he looked like he had a lot more height... Up in the air to get the ball, to control the ball up over his head, bring it down, and at that point, guys were starting to drag on him.
1: Right. Well, uh, we have to take a break. We're going to come back and talk about the Cardinals. They're three and zero start. You listen to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk, Alex Clancy, Deborah Debrigan, studio.
2: Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk
0: football. The job of a professional athlete is never complete.
1: Off is a beauty. He's a
2: five ball deep right field. That goes O'Neill. He's a at the shot. Got it.
0: With 2.8 seconds He's left, left to left. I don't care where they put him.
2: This one is out of here. From high school to the pros. We, <laughs> we cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America sports. <laughs>
1: Welcome back to Kwame Lassiter Sports Talk. Alex Clancy, Deborah Debris of YourClearEdge.com in studio. We'll get down and dirty with Deborah next segment, I believe. Uh, we, were just talk- we were just talking about <laughs> the Green Bay Packers, Seattle Seahawks referees, blah blah blah. I can't wait until the, uh, the regular regular refs come back. I don't want to talk about this anymore. I want to talk about football. I want to talk about stats. I want to talk about trends. I want to talk about big games. Hopefully soon that will happen. Uh, I hope this forces Roger Goodell's hand to do something unprecedented. I hope that he folds and and pays the uh, the referees, and so we so we can stop talking about this.
0: It'd be nice to see the referees. I don't know what their part of this is too, but come in and you know if you're going to have a negotiation, have a negotiation. It's not uh, stonewalling on both sides.
1: Yeah, I mean at, at this point, it's just nobody wants to give in. It's ridiculous. So I digress. Arizona Cardinals three zero. <laughs> Arizona Cardinals, 3-0, win 27-6 to at home against the Woo-hoo! Philadelphia Eagles. Nobody saw this coming.
0: Uh, especially including with, the Cardinals. Yeah, they didn't see
1: <laughs> Kevin Cobb being the starting quarterback. Right. They didn't see Larry Fitzgerald almost being inconsequential through the first two weeks and then having nine, having nine catches for 114 yards and a touch. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday, uh, two days ago, Ryan Williams hasn't done much. Beanie Wills hasn't done much. The defense is still in the show. The defense has two sacks in nine consecutive games. That's the that's the longest
0: streak in the NFL right now. Longest active of streak. They're leading their division. Uh, well, Cobb's got to feel a little more comfortable too. Seems like he's got a few guys around him, which is nice. I mean, that was kind of the conversation in the beginning of not having a line.
1: Yeah, and to protect him. It's it, it's funny how how defense can spark offense mm. and the, the cohesion of the team and people are starting to believe. You know, I'm not saying that they're gonna just give give him the crown now, give him the Super Bowl crown now, but this is promising. You know, this is this is a step forward. The first the first three games of the of the season is over, and Arizona looks pretty pretty it's a,
0: perfect. It's a lot more excitement than we've seen in the valley in any one of our teams for a long time. So it's great to, it'd be great to jump on board and stay with them no matter what. It's easier to follow them uh, when they're winning. Absolutely. You
1: know. Now, but look at these numbers. These are kind of staggering. Ryan Williams is the Cardinals' leading rusher. Thirty-one attempts, one hundred and five yards. That's 37th in the NFL in rushing Larry Fitzgerald 14 catches 181 yards he's 39th in the NFL in receiving mm-hmm. yards. Kevin Cobb, 428 total passing yards that's 32nd in the NFL so there's only 32 teams in the NFL right so he's last I mean granted he only played he's played two and a half or two and a quarter games right. which you know we can take back but the people behind him are a wide receiver and a punter. those are the two people that have less yards than him and then down the list. But he's third in the NFL with a 108.6 passer rating, so he's not making mistakes, which is what he's done in spades his whole career. Granted, he's had a, many uh, big time passing yards, uh, passing games in uh, Philadelphia. He threw a lot of picks. He's thrown a lot of picks. He's fumbled here a lot. He's gotten sacked a lot. He's he's left the pocket too early. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that people, you know, uh, uh, were were hesitant about when it came to him being the starting quarterback. But he's he's proved himself. And again, the defense has has been.
0: Well, consistency is the name of the game. Again, you turn around and, you know, we talk about the statistics you just laid out there. Um, you look at that and say, well, they're not in, you know, in the top, and yet they're winning, you know, they're, because they're consistent. You know, when you get the offense, defense, special teams all being consistent, you can't help but win games. Absolutely.
1: And I, and I go back, my favorite example is is the uh, 2000 Baltimore Ravens with, uh, mm-hmm. with the uh, formula of a less than average quarterback. A phenomenal defense and an able able-bodied run, a running back that, d- that doesn't get hurt. You know, uh, well, and it
0: goes back to expectations. So now the players know what to expect from each other. Therefore, they're able to step up their own game because they trust the other players to do and be where they're supposed to be on a play. Yeah, I mean, it,
1: but let's look at let's look at the uh, how they scored. So Michael Floyd catches uh, a pass off a tip. So that's one, and then uh, the the fumble return for ninety-one yards mm-hmm. for a touchdown. That's another one. That's Not necessarily lucky, but not necessarily unlucky. So, if those two things wouldn't have happened, it'd be a one score game. So, it would have changed everything. Michael Floyd, I mean, it was a good hand eye coordination, it was good tip drill. uh, But this game could have gone very differently if those two plays didn't happen. So, let's look, schedule wise, this could get really interesting. You know, they have Miami at home next week, so that could be a win right there. They play St. Louis at St. Louis on Thursday Night Football afterwards, Buffalo, and then Minnesota. Those are the next four games.
0: So, well, that's the thing. You look, at the, you look at the three wins that they've got. They've played some pretty great teams, you know, to get those three wins. And they've still come out of it. So, I mean, they've got to be feeling really good in the locker room, at practice, and on the field. That if, if, they, can, if they can win with against those teams, you know, what's the rest of their season going to be like?
1: But then is when it gets a little interesting.: <laughs> Week 8, San Francisco. Week 9, Green Bay. Week ten is their bye. Week eleven is Atlanta. So those are three gigantic games Ooh. to test the fortitude of this team and to to see if they can power through. If they can go even one and two in those games, and I'm saying this now because I'm looking at Arizona from last year. I mean they're the best team in football in the last you know seven weeks of the last season, and then uh, so they're ten and two in their last uh, twelve games. So. It'll be really interesting to see what happens, and then they have to end with Detroit, Chicago, San Francisco to end the season again. So that last game uh, at San Francisco, it's fun to watch. I mean, at least at least it's exciting. I mean, at least like finally, finally they're relevant. You know, it doesn't it doesn't they're not they didn't start 0 and three, and then they're like, well. Well, let's see what draft pick we're going to get. You
0: can go to the stadium or watch them on TV and expect that there could be a win. You know, which is different than uh, what it's been in the past. It's it's, it's they it, hoping and praying that there could be a win, and now you're expecting that. You know, it's it's definitely in the possibilities. The cards are there.
1: Absolutely. And so are the Cardinals. <laughs> <laughs> three overtime games uh, finished within about an hour of each other. Uh, I want to start with the Titans and Lions. Ooh. I mean, I, I was following this game. This is one of the craziest games I've ever seen. Uh Tennessee wins 44 to 41. Okay, but the, the the final doesn't matter. Okay, so Tennessee won, okay. Tennessee had I believe six scores over oh no, four scores over 60 yards, a punt return, a kick return and two passes. What? Okay, that's one. Uh Detroit was down 14 points with 18 seconds left. Matthew Stafford had been knocked out. So Sean Sean Hill comes in a, a, a journeyman in the NFL. Uh, he throws a touchdown pass to Calvin Johnson with 7 seconds left. The most fluid onside kick recovery I've ever seen in my life. I don't know if it even touched a Tennessee player. It's the Titans. They suck. Okay, so that that's not that's not the surprising part. Then they throw another there's another hell Mary pass. Tip drill Titus Young catches it on the goal line and and uh, jumps in the end zone. This is I mean that doesn't <laughs> happen in for, football.
0: football. Forty six <laughs> points
1: scored yeah. in the fourth quarter alone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you know it Jake Locker, this kid yeah. from Washington, is starting to make a name for himself with with a lacking offensive team, I would right. say a team that's lacking, twenty nine of forty two, three seventy eight and two touchdowns. Carried the ball four times for 35 yards. They have no running game. Ask my fantasy team. They have no <laughs> running game. Chris Johnson is is nowhere to be found. Nate Washington is kind of making a name for himself. He had one of the most ridiculous catches I've ever seen in my life, catching the ball pretty much on the back of the receiver uh, of the defensive back who was facing him, and then running it in for for uh, 45 yards, uh, or 71 yards, I should say. This is what football's about.
0: This, this is, is the excitement that we all show up on Sundays, Monday nights, and stuff to watch.
1: Yeah, I mean the uncertainty should have to do with the players, and not with the referees. Right. And and this is and that, that's what we got in Spades uh, it, with this game. Calvin Johnson had another huge game: ten catches, 164 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, he's 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 a man among men. He's a titan among men. Titan among men. Yeah, I mean he's <laughs> I mean that's probably a bad example because they were playing the Titans, but he's a uh, he's he's a beast. And and he's never, he hasn't wavered. He doesn't get hurt. I mean, the, uh, I'm, I just knocked on wood for those of you who didn't hear.
0: Uh, the, or laminate or something yeah. <laughs> similar.
1: <laughs> uh, the Matting curse, uh, doesn't seem to be affecting him this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's still leading the NFL and receiving. It, I mean, there, there's there's not there's not enough that you can say about this guy,
0: yeah, it's been incredible to watch him mean, and like you say Jake Locker too, to see how hard he's worked to get to where he is right now. this is not an overnight success for him sure no, and this is his coming out party <laughs> right uh, against against the chargers he he had a horrible, horrible week, and uh well, I want to give a shout out to uh kickers and snappers too, Holy man, what a week for them to shine. Mm, mm, many of them. Most. Some of them, not so much. <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting to see that you know these are the guys that sometimes are kind of overlooked on teams, and yet how many times do you come down, even last year, come down to that final kick of either winning or losing the game because of it? That's a good segue.
1: We're going to talk about Kansas City and New Orleans mm-hmm. next. Kansas City wins 27-14. Oh man, what is up with New Orleans? But going to your <laughs> point, Ryan Suckup uh, kicks the, the game-winning field goal. He was six for six. Right. So this is a guy that just you know he, he's always been very he's, he's always been consistent. It. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, New Orleans and, gives up a twenty-four uh, to six lead uh, in the third quarter. Uh, right after uh, Jed Collins caught a touchdown pass from Drew Brees with five thirty-six left, Jamal Charles runs a, has a ninety-one yard run for a touchdown with five eighteen left. So mm-hmm. that next drive. Uh, they came back and 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 put it got it back to a two possession game. Ryan Suckup two field goals to start the fourth quarter. Drew Brees gets sacked in the end zone for a safety, and then Ryan Suckup ties the game uh, with three seconds left to put it into overtime. Right. So New Orleans, um, are are they in trouble? Like, are they really are they really in trouble? Are they almost gonna give up on the season? I mean, this is this is a tough this is a crossing roads for them right now.
0: And I don't think um, players at this level ever give up, but it certainly is going to be playing on their minds that they're going to wonder now going into every game what's going to happen. You know, I mean, there's there's going to be that certain level of hesitancy and wonderment about what's going to happen this game, where before I think they went into games expecting to win, now they're going into games to go back to that between expecting or hoping, and now they're hoping.
1: We have Green Bay coming in.
0: Mm. Uh, coming off the losses,
1: as we talked about before. This is going to change the season for both teams. just depends on which way it's going to go. If, Green Bay, if uh, New Orleans go, goes 0-4, they may as well write off the playoffs. You, you, I mean, you can't go 0-4 and make the playoffs, mm. especially in that division, especially, you know, I guess in any division. Green Bay is going to want this game. You know, they're going to want to win it on their own and not have to count on the refs to give it to them right. or to take it away from them. New Orleans, same way. So this is going to be one of the most one of the highest rating one of the highest rated games in the well, NFL. Well, and that's this the year. thing
0: when you've got teams that are both at this caliber because I mean New Orleans is still they're a great team they've got the talent that's there. They're just not playing up to the talent level that they have. And then you have, I hate to bring the refs back into it, but you've almost got to. When we talk about consistency, that's one of the problems with the refs right now is the players can't count on consistency. Consistency on what they are going to call and what they aren't going to call. And the conversations that they have throughout the game, the players with the refs, of even having the refs talking to them about you know, saw that dude, you know, next time you do something like that, I'm gonna call it on you. I mean, there's a relationship that's built up. There is no relationship right. with these refs. The only thing that there is is animosity and pure out hatred and revenge, I think, in yeah. a lot of cases. No, I
1: agree. I mean, I think that part of why the refs call so many, uh, penalties is because they want to take control of the game.
0: And well, that's they really
1: screamed at to take control of the game from the, from the suits down. Yeah, so. They take control of the game. They call a penalty on on every play, seemingly, mm-hmm. and the regular referees, you know, do, do as as you say. You build a rapport with players. You tell them, you know, th- that's your chance. Because they, yeah. I, again, I, I've said this ad nauseum. You can call a holding play. You can call a defensive mm-hmm. pass interference.
0: Every play. Every play. Every yeah, play.
1: exactly. So it, it's all about timing. It's all about the fluidity of the game. If if people are getting chippy early, you call it tighter, so so people will not mm-hmm. you know not fight not Do any stuff like that, but the, the refs have no control. I mean, the, well,
0: and how is that working on the players too? Because you've got a player that shows up in the field now, you know, you've got Green Bay that shows up, you know, and they walk by some of these refs. You know, what kind of feeling are they going to have towards them that's going to affect the way that they play? Because it can either power you up or it can, you know, just knock you out. Absolutely.
1: I mean, so I mean, we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting to see in the next few weeks what Roger Goodell is going to do.
0: Uh, we got to take another break.
1: Kwame Lesser Sports Talk, Alex Clancy, Deborah Debris. We'll hit the Patriots and Ravens next.
2: Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for lockdown coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3pm Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. The opening kickoff is a beauty. Got it with 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we (laughs) cover everything. everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Now, some of you might still be in that place.
0: Welcome back to
1: Plumber Laughter Sports Talk. Alex Clancy, Deborah Debris it. in studio. We are running a duo today. Uh, mm-hmm. our, our two other counterparts duo. are not with us. <laughs> yeah, it's starting to cool down here in Arizona, so we're all in happier moods.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh huh. Yeah, nice to have the doors open and a little breeze coming through the house. These yeah, it's days. only 85 at night. It's awesome. Mm hmm. Uh, last game we're going to touch on is the Patriots and Baltimore Ravens. Another game that ended in controversy, but we'll talk about that a little later. Ravens win 31-30 on a, on a game-winning field goal at the buzzer. Joe Flacco, 382 yards passing, three touchdowns and an interception. Green Bay was leading 13-0 at the end of the first. And then Joe Flacco turned it on. Uh, two years ago, I would have said you were crazy if, Joe, if you told me that Joe Flacco threw the ball 39 times in a game. This new no huddle offense with an able-bodied, r- ridiculous pro baller back, uh, Ray Rice. You know, this this might be a recipe for success to make it to the Super Bowl. This is the new, this is the new face of the NFL. Joe Flacco, Matt Ryan in the NFC. You have these guys that are starting to come into their own, who were drafted three or four years mm-hmm. ago, who are just looking at the old men, i.e., Tom Brady, Drew Brees, uh, and saying, you know, you can hand the reins over yeah. now. Yeah. And uh, this this showed Sunday Night Football. How really good Joe Flacco is, and how New England may never be what they used to be, and it looks like little by little it's starting to move towards that move toward that end. I mean, Tom Brady had a pretty good game. I mean, he threw for 335 yards and a touchdown, no picks. Stephen Ridley didn't do much. I think that it's interesting with a lot of teams nowadays. Like Dallas comes to mind. You win if your running back produces. You know, if DeMarco Murray, DeMarco Murray, the first game of the year, not to get off topic, had 125 yards rushing, they killed the Giants. The next two weeks, he hasn't done much. They ended up eking out against Tampa Bay this week. But Stephen Ridley, over 100 yards. New England looks a lot easier because it looks a lot better because it's easier to open up the passing game. That was not the case against the Baltimore defense this week. So, I mean, it'll really be interesting to see what happens with both these teams. Torrey Smith. Uh, kind of overshadowed this whole thing, you know. Losing his brother Tevin less than 24 hours before this game started, ended up having six catches, 127 yards, and two touchdowns. Man,
0: yeah, that's a that's a lot of energy moving inside of him, and good for him for coming out and playing. I mean, that's one way, you know. The the players will talk about that if there's something going on in their personal life, if they can get out on the field and just release for that period of time that they're out there, it helps them so much. And I applaud him for coming out for the support that he got from his team because that helps in the healing process. And then to be able to go out there and produce the way he did, I mean, heck of an effort, you Absolutely. know, and great results. Absolutely. I mean, and people would not fault him for not playing. No, uh, not at
1: all. So him coming out is just playing on house money, you know, and again, mm-hmm. as you said, it's, it's helping. I mean, this reminds me of the Brett Favre thing when he loses his dad, come out, uh, throw, right, has a game of his life. Uh, that was years ago. He. Tory Smith, you know, he had a great game. I
0: absolutely. mean, he has. I
1: mean, this was. He hasn't had this many receiving yards, I don't think, since mm-hmm. his first game ever in the NFL, when he had three touchdowns in the first mm-hmm. quarter or the first half, I believe. This is this is this is really inspirational. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really. Uh, it shows that people d- uh, dig deep down, still really love the game of football, even and not going through the motions. I mean, understand. Well, and
0: when you do it for a cause, absolutely. you know, you do it for the memory of his brother. You know, those type of things and a family, a football family if they really understand football and understand the player, they know that this is no disrespect whatsoever to his brother, the memory of his brother, it's anything, it's his way of honoring his brother. And, uh, you know, those who understand what it's like to go through something like that, again, huge kudos to him, and I'm so pleased that he got the results that he did and that he had the support of his his family and his team.
1: I think this is a good segment. down in 30 with Deborah, so go for it.
0: <sighs> so this is going to be a short segment, but I just want to bring up a little bit of information around energy and emotion. I know we've talked about it quite a bit, but one of the things that you may not realize that your thoughts and your feelings are energy, pure and simple, they're energy. We as human beings are full of electricity. When you look at the emotions of a game, and we've talked about this already all all morning, you know, the electricity and the emotion that goes on in a game, one thing that people don't always realize is that it's built up. It builds up. It it physiologically builds up in our system. So from week to week, from moment to moment, that energy continues to build unless we have some way of releasing it. And people, the way they deal with that emotional, that high-charge energy that's going on right now just in the game itself and then you pick the sidelines, and then you take the stands, and then you take everybody around the world watching. That's one heck of a lot of energy that's moving, and right now it's not necessarily moving in the right direction. I can't imagine that there's any office, any place in the United States where football isn't being talked about this morning by men and women alike. And one of the things that happens when we get into that energetic state is it clouds our judgment. Uh, any doubt about that? <laughs> go talk a to, rest. go look at the refs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Tell them to. Um, no, yeah, never mind. Go back to the go back to the malls. Um, but the other thing that happens when somebody's put in a position where their mind is clouded and they're they're in that energetic state, it happens in board meetings and it happens on football fields and in the stands and in the parking lots. Is you can end up on two sides of this. You can end up in an attack defend type mode. Somebody's attacking, the other person's defending, and then it goes back and forth and back and forth, and nobody really wins. It's just attack defend, attack defend, attack defend. Or you can end up jumping on the bandwagon. So now you've got somebody who is in a high-energy state and somebody else. I mean, this is where you get cliques and gangs and uh, teams, you know. Um, It can be good or bad. Somebody's in a high-energetic state, and and other people around them want to be part of that energy, good or bad, so that they either fit in or so they're not the outcast. And so all of a sudden you've got people jumping on the bandwagon who may not even have the same belief, but they jump on because it's the comfortable place to be, even though they don't have the same belief. So my, when we look at what's happening with the games, I mean, you've got the refs are at a high energy. The fans are at a high energy. You've got players, coaches on the sideline and on the field that are at high energy. And what's the possibility of having this whole thing exploding? You know, we're seeing it happen now on game to game when you've got players on the field who are intimidating the refs. That's energy. You've got refs that are feeling that energy, feeling very intimidated because they don't know how to stand their ground. They've not been taught to, you know, because this is not their normal game. So now they're folding under the pressure. And what do we have is we have a boiling pot where the energy is getting higher and higher and worse and worse. And it's building in all of us, even the fans. So it's just an interesting, um, experiment. if you look at it like that, to watch what's going on. And I hope, above all hope, that this thing gets settled really, really soon because I'm, I have a level of concern about what's going to happen um, outside of just the field. On the field we're seeing injuries and we're seeing people pushing to the limit of seeing what they can get away with, and that is going to start soon outside of the football field as well. Yeah,
1: Down and Dirty with Debra, YourClearEdge.com. Email her at Debra at YourClearEdge.com. Emotion is clouding the judgment of referees, even though they're looking at a screen to determine...
0: Uh, they, if they can't bring their energy down quick enough to get a clear head in order to look at it with reality. the other Here's another thing that happens, and golfers know this. Golf, pro golfers that play, it also affects that high energy, and the stress also affects your eyesight. Hmm. It, that's it. why witnesses even have problems witnessing when they've um, because it can affect golfers know this because if they're in a high energy state, what they're seeing is not necessarily what they're seeing. So it you know this whole level of stress which is why I work so hard with my players to learn and understand and manage their energy so that they know when to pump up and be at their highest state so they can play but also when to be able to dial down and calm down so they can get ready to play the next time and have clear thinking to do it. I'm
1: sure a lot of people think that that's purely physical and mm-hmm. it's not it doesn't start in the back of your head where where you can release some sort of emotion and then and
0: then down. Yeah, there's it down no when. valve back there that you can <laughs> it's kind of like the balloon that you <laughs> you know yeah. but there are ways to do it and do it very quickly and effectively. Oh
1: well good stuff down and dirty with Deborah. Oh man I don't want to talk about the refs anymore but I feel like <laughs> you know
0: it's um can we talk about zebras they have stripes too. yeah Maybe that was, that would what be a good. great
1: tweet by Brandon spikes about <laughs> telling him to go back to go back to foot locker <laughs> when the players start to
0: revolt openly hmm. uh, you don't see anybody getting fined now. For well, and somebody was—I heard that somebody was tweeting out the uh, phone number for the commissioner too.
1: Oh dear lord! I don't know if
0: that's true or not. But.
1: So, if you're Roger Goodell, you're talking with your cabinet, you know, you're talking with your advisors, if he has any. Maybe he's too much of an egomaniac to mm. not have any. What do you do? So, you have two options. One, you can hold fast and and just just watch your league just crumble every second of every game that, that these uh, referees are, are, are refereeing the game, or you can swallow your pride, go in, sit down with, uh, with the, the referees, and just be like, can we come to a common ground? I don't want to fight anymore. I don't want to hold out anymore. I will come to you, not fully, but I will come to you. you you've already got the basic of what you're going to get. What can I do to make this end now? Maybe not a pension, maybe I'll pay you more yearly. I think the average is about $150,000 a year that uh, the referees get in the NFL. What does he have to do to end this?
0: Well, And what do the refs have to do to end this? You know, because we're not sitting in the room, we don't know what the conversation has been back and forth. But like I say, there's there's got to be common ground between the two of them because really, you know, if they look at it, the the refs, especially those that have been around the league for so long, they've got to be on one hand saying Yahoo, you know, now we got an upper hand. At the same time, they've got to be, are you freaking kidding me? It's got. I would think that it would be eating them up as well. Yeah, but they all have jobs. They all well, have,
1: they all can support their family, so they're in no rush you know, uh, this is every second that they're not on the field builds them more of a foundation for getting what they want. So I, I don't I, I don't see Roger Goodell giving, giving them everything they want because that means that he loses well, all he, power. He
0: can't. Yeah, he, yeah. Loo-
1: he loses everything, even though they can afford to. Because the NFL is the richest. I mean, he's
0: it's, let it go too long and fester too long that he can't give up everything. Sure. But he has to, he needs to give up something or he's going to lose everybody. That's right. And, well, and I think the owners would be at the point that they'd be raising holy hell with him about this time. Uh, he's got to have so much pressure coming at him from so many directions. Now we go back to that same thing. So now you've got his ego involved. Now you've got the emotions involved. You've got the in- inability to think clearly. Um, and you get in that attack-defend mode, which is I'm sure what they've been in their negotiations, and what's the way out.
1: And you got to think, what are TV producers thinking? So say you turn you turn an NFL game on, you see referees discussing something. Change, I'll come yeah. back. <laughs> <laughs> you see yeah, again. I've got ten minutes, yeah. I'll be back right. when I start playing well, again. It again. <laughs> you see it again. on, on a, There's two channels that we get to watch football on here, which is phenomenal, uh, unless you <laughs> want to get DirecTV. Uh, you, you see the same thing on the next channel, SportsCenter. You know, like you, you change it from, from uh, CBS and NBC because you don't want to watch referees. You want to watch football. You want right. to watch fluidity. You want to watch big hits. You want to watch big passes. And that's getting lost in our game because every time there's a long pass, there's a defensive pass interference called. So it doesn't matter if the person catches the ball. It doesn't matter if the ball was catchable. You're going to get a flag. You're going to get a holding. You're going to get a roughing the passer. Mm-hmm. They are calling the game by the book, which hasn't been done ever.
0: And, and what sport is called strictly exactly. by the book. You know, exactly. it's just not the way the games are played. It's
1: all about scene react. Oh, we got to take a break. I don't want to throw this microphone. Uh, Alex Clancy, Deborah Debris in studio. We'll be back in about 94 seconds.
2: Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. Do you feel the need for speed? Whatever your addiction, NASCAR, IndyCar, NHRA, Formula One, or even Lawnmower racing, Pit Pass USA has got you covered. Larry Henry here, host of Pit Pass USA. I put my 30-plus years of being a motorsports broadcaster to work to bring you not only the best guests, but also the most interesting guests in racing. Pit past USA with Larry Hendricks, your front row seat to the world of racing, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Channel. Be there or get a DNF. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports.
1: Welcome back to Conway Lassiter Sports Talk. This is our last segment. Alex Clancy, Deborah Debris. You can follow me at Clancy's Corner on Twitter, YouTube.com/slash/Clancy's Corner if you want to check out some of my rants on video. Deborah Debris, once again, yourclearedge.com. Check out her website. There's a lot of really, really good things on there. She's, she's a pretty talented woman, I would say. You know, I'm trying to get a smile out of her. She's I know, a, I know a
0: thing or two. Yeah, she, no, she's great. She's great. Uh, so before
1: uh, Down and Dirty, we were talking about the Baltimore Ravens game. I alluded to the game ending in controversy. Field goal to win the game goes seemingly directly over the right upright. Now, the rule is that the goalposts go up to the heavens. So if it went up to the heavens, it would hit the goalpost and it probably would have gone in. But uh, it wasn't reviewed. It wasn't anything. Game over. Bill Belichick uh, trying and, to get the attention. tried to get the attention of a referee who's bolting off the field. I think he was trying to run a new, get his, uh, a high on his new 40 time. He was out. He's like, well, I don't want to do anything more with this game. I'm out. He's uh, trying to get to his car before the fans do. Yeah, seriously. So, uh, Belichick grabs his arm what's going to happen i mean really I, I he should get fined but i think that i think it's ridiculous to say anything more than $25,000 i want to throw up when i say that just $25,000 but bill belichick is probably the most heralded uh, coach in recent history in the nfl maybe he'll get a little leniency
0: well and he was trying to get the guy's attention i mean this is the whole conversation right now is that he was trying to get the guy the, the refs attention and, you know, like, uh, is being talked about that normally a ref would turn around and say, this is what I called, this is why I called it type of thing. There'd be some level of respect and some conversation back and forth and then it'd be over. But it's like every other play on the game that, uh, in the game that the refs don't have the respect of anybody right now. And Belichick, he didn't grab the guy, he didn't hold on to the guy, he didn't threaten the guy in any way. He was just trying to get his attention to say, dude, you know, let's take a look at this, you know, because it's not right. Yeah, you know it I, I think that uh high energy dude, all the way around him talking yeah. about it. High energy. Yeah. I mean
1: he he needs to be fine. Uh mm-hmm. I would think if it were up to me, because the the rule is no touching the refs, nobody is above that rule, regardless of why you touch the ref or not. $50,000 fine them. You can't suspend them. Sometimes you'd be suspended depending on what the actual contact consists of. And as you said, he was just trying to get his attention. So I don't think
0: that that's uh, necessary or warranted to suspend him. Uh, well, especially when you're yelling at the guy and yelling at the guy to try to get him to turn around to have a conversation. You know, it's just, I don't know. It's just sad. The whole thing is sad.
1: Uh, talking about something else sad, nice little segue there. Darius Hayward Bay uh, <laughs> from Oakland takes a horrible hit. Jeez. uh Coming across the middle in the end zone, uh, it looked like on the replay that he was pretty much out before he hit the ground. You could see his, his body just tense up and felt, I mean, he was on the ground for 15 minutes. Good sign he gave a arm extended to the sky, thumbs up, which doesn't happen. Usually people do a thumbs up when they're strapped down. Uh, he was released the next day. Uh, I don't know why. I'm not sure if maybe it looked worse than it was. Maybe he, he had the wind knocked out of him and was concussed, but that was it. Uh, it looked like he could have potentially broken
0: his neck, looked like he could have. Uh, well, here's the part that's scary. As we talk about, you know, concussions and, you know, what goes on in football and that, and it doesn't matter if there's a play that's helmet to helmet. It can be, you know, the the body hitting the ground that can damage the brain, damage the uh, the nerves in the back of the neck can, you know, take the organs within your body and slosh them every direction within your body that, yeah, you might feel okay the next day or at least tell people that you feel okay and things not show up. Um, but at the same time, there's can be damage that's done. And when the brain, there's a, you know, the actual concussion can happen, but there's also the, it's like a decompression that can happen whenever the brain sloshes one area in your head, maybe forward, and then you hit the ground and it hits the back of your head, uh, you know, within your skull, that there's just so much possibility of damage that can go on that has nothing to do with a hit to hit. How do you
1: come back from this emotionally?
0: How, how does so say? Doctors clear him.
1: Mm-hmm. He passes all the concussion tests in two weeks. Say he say this, they run the same play in the same situation. How do you go in with no fear? Or is that, or is what, that just the nature of football players? They just it they,
0: depends on the player and it depends on how they how they perceived what just happened because what what happens with players even with just you know outright injuries, um, and I, I do this when I work with my guys is there's a a hesitancy a lot of times the next time because what the body does when you have a hit like that, anything, emotional, mental, or physical hit like that, and he's had all three of them all in one play, as which most of the players do, you end up having a normal reaction to an abnormal circumstance. And the normal reaction is that you go into fear, you go into shock, you go into fight or flight, you go into all sorts of emotions, and it holds, again, going back to energy, it holds that energy, that memory within your body that all of a sudden the next game it can get triggered. You get a Michael Vick who's getting hit from every direction all the time, even from behind when it's unknown to him that you've got a guy coming up there ready to hit him. Those start playing and start being absorbed in your memory so all of a sudden... The next time on a next play, that memory comes back and whether you want it to or not, you can will yourself all day long. That's my, that memory's coming anyway and you're going to have a hesitancy. So that takes, again, going back to using some of the imagination techniques and working on not the conscious mind, the willful mind, but the subconscious mind where that memory lies in order to get it shifted over.
1: What would you do if, if he was, if you had a conversation with him? to get him back it, ready it, for the game.
0: It would be less than a conversation. I mean, there would be a conversation in order to say, here's what we need to do, why we need to do it, how we're going to do it. Um, and then I would go straight to a combination of hypnosis, neuro-linguistic programming, and having him um, replay that play in his memory, but replay it in a way that's different than the way it actually happened, so he can reprogram it and then turn around and start replaying um, plays in the future and having them have those plays work exactly right. I mean, I've done it very successfully with a number of players who've had injuries where they were out for the entire season, and then all of a sudden they come back going through OTAs and training camp and then into an actual game-type situation. Um, and it works very effectively. I've had guys within a couple weeks say, you know, I was, you know, hesitancy. I know my body's strong, but I there was a part of me that just didn't believe it. Um And I'm good to go. And they're back full force.
1: That's great. Imagination, baby.
0: Imagination, e imagination.
1: Yeah. So Nat Shaw gets his, he gets a Vander Holyfield, id. Uh, Loses a piece of (laughs) it here. I'm glad you got that. I know it took two seconds, but uh, that's
0: only because I was taking a drink at the time.
1: Joe, uh, Denver linebacker Joe May's helmet to helmet hit. Mm. This is gonna be, this is gonna be a big fine.
0: Oh, this this needs to be. Yeah, yeah. This is not, this is not a happy little camper hit. This is big time.
1: His head. uh, You could saw when Mm. his head, when his helmet flew off. He was grabbing his head like. I mean, I'm sure it's... Well, you get part of your ear ripped off, that hurts like <laughs> hell, too,
0: plus hitting the ground, plus hitting the helmets, you know, you add all that together.
1: He had a hell of a game, though, Matt Schaub. Mm-hmm. He's, he's kind of instilling himself back in uh, back in the race. The Texans are another team that that definitely can make some noise. Now that Peyton Manning is out of their division, they're no, no longer the, the stepchild of the division, mm-hmm. uh... They, they definitely with Arian Foster well, and, they and did ben del- Tate.
0: Yeah, and they did well last year. So I mean, they're they, they're building on what they did last year well, as
1: well. They made it all the way through the playoffs uh, without Matt Job, without Arian and without or no no uh, without Andre Johnson and without Mario Williams, their best offensive player, their best defensive player, and their quarterback. Mm-hmm. So you know, with T.J. Yates leading the force, their their second or their third stringer because Matt liner broke his collarbone after one play because he's pretty much a, a glass doll back there. Uh, okay. Nice draft pick, Cardinals. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there'll be there, there's a lot of great storylines that don't have to do with the referees in the NFL.
0: Absolutely, Arizona
1: one of them. You know, New Orleans is one of them. Green Bay is one of them. You know, Houston. You can go back
0: and focus on the players and what they're able to do and what they are doing and showing us and why we love the game. And, and the
1: rookie quarterbacks: RG three, Andrew mm. Luck, Russell Wilson, Ryan Tannehill, uh, Brandon Whedon. All these guys are coming in as men, playing a man's game as opposed to coming in and it taking three years. To, to get used to the speed and get used to you know the play calls like Cam Newton coming to the league and all he all he did with with play calls was look at the sideline and see a board put up yeah i mean so i mean it's it the game is evolving every second and it's unfortunate that the referees aren't adding to that they're kind of taking away from it, which is, I mean, I, I know it's, I know it's temporary, but this is one of the most exciting starts to an NFL
0: season in a long time. And well, it's temporary, but yet you look at the number of games that are played based on the games that had been played, and you know, it's, it's sad that it's not like baseball. We've talked about that before. they are not hundreds of games to play. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I do want to say one thing before we go. Uh, on Thursday, October eighteenth, Midnight Club. Uh, they'll be hosting a restaurant industry auction with guest celebrities from The Bachelor and Bachelorette shows. All proceeds from this event are being donated to Arizona's newest autism charity, Sounds of Autism. Come out and support this event. Uh, go to soundsofautism.org. Yeah, once again, The Mint at in Old Town Scottsdale. Check it out. Um, it's, it's building and building more and more steam, so you'll be hearing a lot from that uh, charity in weeks to come. Deborah Dubry, Alex Clancy in studio. Thanks for coming, Deb. It's been real, dude. Yeah, check us out. VoiceAmerica.com. Search Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk if you want to hear the show uh, at another time. It'll be archived there later on this afternoon. Once again, Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. We'll see you guys next week.